0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is still Paul Thanks very much for joining me on this episode. Today I have Mel Goodman. She is VP sales at a company called Inspirato in the Mile High State City, Denver, one of my most favorite places in the world. Mel, good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning. I'm doing really well, Paul. Thanks for having me.
0: You're very welcome. So uh, say hi to everybody and uh, provide a quick intro if you would.
1: Sure. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Mel Goodman, VP of Sales at Inspirado. And I've been at Inspirado for close to six years now in various sales and sales leadership roles, most recently building, our, building and scaling our, uh, our SDR team.
0: OK, great. And Mel, uh, married, mom?
1: I am married. I'm a mom. Um, I have a two-year-old daughter, and uh, she is my pride and joy.
0: All right, good. Well, again, you're a mom with a two-year-old. I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So so let's get into it then. So the title of the podcast, Your Intention Matters, as we were just talking about, uh, as you set expectations with your team, it's really focused on intention and without it, nothing really happens. The status quo doesn't change. Nothing is really given to any of us and most of us in the world of sales in particular, meandering careers, different paths, some big decisions along the way. And most of us are unable to just hitch our wagon to someone and ride their coattails. Everything is pretty much earned, but it all starts up here with mindset and intention. And so I'm looking forward to you sharing your story if you're ready to go.
1: Absolutely. I'm
0: okay. ready. Okay. Uh, middle of July 2020, uh, rough year uh, uh, for a number of different reasons. Uh, a, lot, a lot of things happening right now. Uh, talk to me about the, the last four months, professionally, personally. Uh, how are things?
1: sure yeah i mean i'll start on the on the personal front uh it's been it's been an interesting couple of months um for for me and my family uh, there are definitely silver linings that come from this time and we're searching for them and, uh, and that has been a beautiful thing, but we have gone through some struggles. Uh, we're safe and healthy, um, so all things considered, all is, all is well um, from a health standpoint. Uh, however, unfortunately, like a lot of other people, I, I did lose somebody in my family, not directly from COVID, but anyone that experiences a loss at this time knows that it's a particularly difficult uh, time to lose somebody given, given the circumstances we're all in. Uh, and so as a result, I, I actually am currently taking a, a leave of absence um, with the support of our executive team so that I can reset and recharge and come back to be the best leader that I can be um, as a result uh, also of um, some things that did, uh, that, that did go on at work a couple of months ago, being in the travel industry. Um, so kind of moving, moving on to uh, the, professional, uh, the professional standpoint, um, being in the travel industry at Inspirato, uh, we, we did need to move quickly at the onset of covid and we did have to go through layoffs in in mid-march i did lay off my entire sales development team of 30 after scaling it from the ground up over the last three years Definitely the most challenging, uh, most challenging experience I've ever gone through in my career, uh, and so now I'm in a new leadership position with a brand new team, and uh, have been have been very focused on on being there for them as uh, people first and and sales professionals second, um, because I I do believe that if you invest in the person, uh, the, the sales will follow.
0: Yeah, you know it's a tough spot when uh, decisions are made like that, and it's really completely out of. Out of the control uh, or your control and really what you wanted to do. Sometimes, you know, you you lay people off, you let people go. It's usually in the best interest of both people because it's just not working out. There's a reason why that happens. In the moment, it's a tough conversation. I've been there on both sides. But in the end, it usually is for the the better, for good for both sides. But this is just very different. And, and to, to lay off your entire team, uh, I'm, I'm sure, was a, uh, a gut-wrenching uh, experience. And then uh, I do want to chat with you about your decision to personally take a leave of absence and talk about that. Uh, yeah. And so, and so um, let's get into it then. Yep. So, so I'll take you back. Um, University of Michigan, you're, Wolf, you're a Wolverine, if I have that right. Uh, as, a, I am. as a Canadian boy, I think it's the Wolverine, right? <laughs> yes,
1: I'm right. a proud Wolverine. All
0: right. Okay, so you're anti-Spartans?
1: anti-Spartans, Ohio State. State, Yeah,
0: all of them, all of them, right? Okay. Uh, And so you graduate uh, in another turbulent time. Uh, I mean, the world was going through a different crisis in 2008 with the mortgage crisis and the impact that that had there. And so you're graduating with a bachelor's in organizational studies, Uh, I'm dying to hear what you thought you'd be doing and and how you ever were able to convert that background into an impressive career in sales. So what did you think you'd be doing, call it, 12 years ago? What was your vision back then?
1: Well, it's a great question. I think, you know, like most college students, I I didn't have a, a very clear vision for myself for my career long term. Uh, But organizational studies is all about studying organizations from a psychology, econ and and sociology standpoint. So it does lend itself well for for a sales career. Um, However, I didn't really anticipate going into sales when I initially uh, when I initially got into the organizational studies program. Uh, the way it all the way it all started was my, my parents were actually at my brother's USC graduation back in 2006 before Salesforce was Salesforce. Mm-hmm. And Mark Benioff was the keynote at their graduation and he said to the audience, if any of you are still looking for a job, email me at CEO at salesforce.com. So I did. and that's how I got my first job out of college. I was not ever anticipating moving to San Francisco. Uh, I hadn't been there since I was 12 years old, Uh, but I just took a leap of faith and Salesforce was one of the only companies at the time that was doing really well and growing very quickly. And so I decided to take that leap of faith and uh, I grew my career at at Salesforce and uh, really never looked back. It was truly the most foundational experience I could have ever anticipated or asked for.
0: Now, at this time in 2006, when your brother's graduating, where were you living at the time?
1: So I was actually, uh, at the time I was studying abroad in Florence, Italy. Um, I was, (laughs) I was still an undergrad. Uh, and so I graduated uh, just about a year later, um, after, after my brother, um, and, he had graduated, obviously, in the spring of, of 2006, and, and Mark Benioff had, had mentioned to all the graduates at that time, um, and about six months later, when it was time for me to start looking for jobs, is when I reached out to him, and it all happened very quickly. I was out in San Francisco about a month after I emailed him, and uh, you know my, my mom, who has been in sales for over 30 years, said to me, no matter what you do... You have to know how to sell yourself. Yeah. So it's a, an amazing career to, to get started in after after college. And I didn't realize that I would I would still be in it uh, over a decade later, but but here I am.
0: You know, I'd love to do another podcast with you. I have the title called Why Travel Matters, because I, I could talk to you about Italy all day. My, my, my background's Italian. I'm very biased. I think Italy is just one of the most special places in the world. And one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life is the Statue David. It's the Uh, it's the most impressive when you turn that corner and you look down the hall and you see it and you think he just went like this and he just he just saw him. And and it wasn't even his first attempt. He had one where he stopped and then he was so intentional. He says, this isn't right. He did it again. Like in the 1500s, like with nothing. It's it's just mind boggling to me
1: remarkable. It really is. When you see it, it's just a vision that, you know, you never you never really see those types of yeah. the, the visions anymore.
0: Nah, n- nothing today. It's all brick and mortar. It's nothing the same right <laughs> at all. So, OK, so you're Southern California. You're, you're proud of your brother is graduating. You're still an undergrad. Uh, and then you you moved to San Francisco, the Bay Area. And, and Salesforce.com. to your point, uh, well-established company now, but even 12 years ago were a fraction of what they are today. And so uh, talk to me about your decision to go to the Bay. Um, you didn't know it. Did you know anybody there? How'd you get set up? And what was that like?
1: I didn't know anybody there. In fact, um, I <clears throat> just took took that leap of faith. Um, I did the same going to, uh, going to Michigan. I, I grew up in Arizona, and I was one of the very few that went from the very warm weather to the very cold. Um, so it's just kind of in my personality to uh, go somewhere where uh, you know, I, I don't know a lot of people and uh, I take that opportunity to to really grow um, as an individual and, and meet others. Um, I did the same coming out here to Denver as well. Um, but but when I uh, when I went out to to the Bay Area, um, I, I met a lot of my um, a lot of my friends and uh, through my through my colleagues um, at Salesforce. It was that type of culture at Salesforce. And Uh, And and that's kind of how I, how I established my life out there.
0: Did you, did you take to sales right away? Was it a significant learning curve for you? Because it's a different beast if you've never done it before.
1: That's a great question. I'll never forget my first day at Salesforce. Uh, I, I could not get the courage for some reason to make my first phone call until noon that day. I actually had to go outside I called my mother and she gave me a pep talk and I went back inside and I made that first call. And, you know, Salesforce was one of the first companies that had that open open space structure, very modern. And so everyone could hear everybody. Brutal,
0: right? <laughs> Brutal. Day one and everyone can hear what you're saying.
1: Exactly. And I was terrified, but uh, it, I turned out to have a lot of success early on and was a top performer and, uh, and grew my career pretty quickly there um, after, after that first year.
0: You know, I I think back to, so my first stab at sales, I I worked at Xerox and, and you know, when you work for a well-established company on the surface, you would think, Oh, that's gotta be a fairly easy gig. But when you don't know what you don't know, I mean, beads of sweat and just, you know, apprehension and the fear of getting rejected was just, you know, a, crazy for me. And I remember uh, my first day in territory, Xerox's um, model was a combination of phone, but also feet on the street. And I remember I drove my patch almost all morning like you. Uh, I, I was deferring stuff. I got to build up this like, courage. And I finally pulled over and I walked into an insurance agency on one of the retail streets. And I walked in and I was politely asked to leave about 45 seconds later, but that was like, I remembered it. And I must have mentally quit half a dozen times in my first year because I just, I wasn't getting it. And then eventually something clicked and I'm so glad I stuck with it because had I not, failure wasn't an option for me. I had nowhere to go. I didn't want to get back into finance. I, I, I was like, this is it, this is my new career. I'm going to find a way to make this happen. I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to create this here. And um, and I'm so glad I did, because had I not, I would not be doing what I'm doing today for for not for my years at Xerox with all my experience there and the people that I got to know, not at all. And so I'm glad that your, your first experience similar to mine was, OK, you've, you've got to get going here. And then you realize, OK, it's just a phone call. It's exactly. just a conversation. It's not the end of the world. But you, exactly. you, you overcome that hurdle. Your intention right. was, OK, I got to figure out the, how to how to create this here. And then how long did you stay at Salesforce?
1: I was there for three and a half years. Okay, I started out as an SDR and then I moved into a BDR role, which is uh, outbound prospecting. And then from there, I I was an account executive on the financial services team, which was a brand new vertical at the time. Um, And I was very... About that, um, I wanted to be in a brand new vertical where I could have a lot of visibility, um, learn, a, you know, a brand new thing within the Salesforce ecosystem, and uh, and and that was an unbelievable experience.
0: So, w- why move on? I imagine that in in your three years there, you would have experienced uh, part of the wave that Salesforce has experienced, and you must have seen growth and people hiring and. Yeah. Uh, you keep me honest here, but I can't help but think there was probably some runway for you um, within yeah. the company to do other things. And so uh, what was behind your decision to move on if you're open to sharing?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I always wanted to be intentional about expanding my, my skills, my sales skill set um, so that it was very well-rounded. And that's something that I've taken with me throughout my entire career, which I can get into in how I ended up at Inspirado. Uh, And at at Salesforce, um, I was selling very, um, you know, small transactional deals. And I was looking to expand that skill, that skill set to sell to, uh, you know, more um, complex sales cycles and learn the ropes um, in a larger deal size um, and and sell to, to, to different individuals. Um, and that's why I ended up at uh, an, an analytics company where I sold to IT executives and um, and sold very complex strategic sales. Um, and and so um, from there, I knew that I really wanted to get into leadership. Mm. Uh, I, I, I knew really that early on in my I, I had always been a leader in my in my lifetime um, throughout my childhood High school uh and that major that we talked about early on, organizational studies, uh, really lends itself well for a leadership career, uh, because it's all about how organizations are run based on on how people interact with each other. And so uh and at the time, the company that I was at, there wasn't a leadership opportunity. Um so I had kept in great touch with my colleagues at Salesforce mm-hmm. and there was an opportunity for me to go back and lead an SDR team for some time. Oh. And take over for a lady who was going out on maternity leave um temporarily. That was my entrance into leadership and I never looked back. That was my at my test to determine whether or not leadership was for me and um, I had a really great run there where I was able to turn uh, that team around from the bottom and bring them up to uh, nearly the top in, in just about six months. So um, I knew that that leadership was in my cards. And from there, I, um, I decided to to keep going.
0: You know, that, that's that's pretty cool to hear. I think back to, you know, to my first stab at, at management, uh, I was terrible. Um, and anybody who's a regular listener has probably heard me say that uh, on more than one occasion. I just wasn't very effective. Uh, if I had another chance at it now, being a being a sales trainer and a coach, and and I think I'd be a lot more effective because my mindset's totally shifted on how to do that. But at the time, uh, it just wasn't for me at all. Uh, just because I wasn't very effective at it at all. And so, but it seemed to work for you. Um, yeah. w- w- was that a- an easy transition? Was it something like it was like a duck going into the water? you just like, this is for me, I'm here. Or was it a real effort to, because it's a different skill set than, th- than being an individual contributor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It really was that former analogy, the duck in the water, where I felt as though this is exactly what I am meant to be doing because- I noticed how quickly I was able to start making an impact on mm. young professionals and their careers and ultimately their lives. And that's what I decided I wanted to continue to do for the rest of my career, which is lead, coach, mentor and, and impact others.
0: OK, so uh, why did you leave Salesforce the second time? I know you said you want a contract, but was there an opportunity to stay or?
1: Unfortunately, there was not an opportunity. They did not have an, an open position at the time. Uh, and uh, there, there was an open position uh, at a very reputable company uh, in in Silicon Valley, a uh, payments processing company that most people probably know, called Square. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, was brought in as as their uh, first sales manager behind the head of sales. Uh, and that was an unbelievable learning experience for me. Um, I was tasked with building out the sales org from zero to a hundred in in under a year before the product was actually functional um, for the middle market, which was the team that was reporting up to me. And that was a that was a real challenge.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm getting a trend here from you, Mel, that it is uh, beginning time startups um, being a part of just great things, because even though Salesforce was around for long, pardon <coughs> I me. Mean, for a few years before you joined, of course, but you were a part of that. And Square, you know, back when you were there, even five or six years ago, was not the company they are even to this day. And so right. you're like, okay, let's take take a shot here. And so you were able to create something um, very effective with it inside of Square as well.
1: Right. Exactly. And and that was a that was a trend. I've always very been very interested in building and scaling teams from the ground up. And, um, at square though, um, it was a real challenge that, uh, you know, they did not have um, a product that really was geared toward the team that I was, that I was building at the time. Um, and it just goes to show that, you know, you have to be really intentional with product build out, building out a team and and how you scale. Um, and ultimately that's why I ended up not staying at at square long-term because, um, the team really was not, uh, able to be successful without the product being, um, being built out.
0: All right. So you're uh, a native of Arizona. You study abroad in, in Italy. You go to Michigan, uh, for, uh, for schooling as well. You're Wolverine. You then, uh, take a flyer on it. Okay. I'm going to the Bay. Great. Uh, you established some good runs there. Talk to me about how you find yourself in Denver now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was looking for a very big change at this point in my career. I had been in the tech industry for uh, close to seven years, and I had sold two businesses. I had sold primarily uh, products that were a necessity. And as I mentioned earlier on, I have always been very intentional about building out my skill set and having uh, a variety of competencies. And so, one thing that um, I really wanted to to build upon in my skill set was selling to consumers and selling a discretionary product and inspirado just became this company that came up on my radar uh, quite often while i was looking for uh, for Opportunities. Denver was uh, a top choice for for me and my husband at the time, um, primarily because we were we were looking for a place with uh, great people, a, a place where we could have access to the outdoors, and to the mountains. We're big nature people. We love being outside, and um, we wanted a we wanted to be in a place where where it was uh, it was great to grow a, fa- a family, and so. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Did did your husband have any uh, no fly zones? Was there any uh, conversation around was Denver okay? Did you have to sell him on Denver or was it no? That's good. It sounds pretty good.
1: It was actually quite the contrary. Uh, Denver was his his choice and I had actually never been to Denver. Uh, And so it kind of goes back to that theme of, uh, you know, hadn't spent any time in Michigan before I went there, hadn't really spent much time in San Francisco before I went there why not <laughs> and so uh you know Inspirado is ultimately what what actually got us out to denver and then uh my, my husband followed suit with finding his job about a month later and uh we've been out here for for now close to seven years
0: well you know denver is one of my favorite places I uh, just, you know, when I lived out west in Calgary, uh, I, I loved it because I was in the mountains. It was a smaller city than Toronto, but still lots to do. And so very close to nature, hiking, golf and skiing, even though I don't ski. Um, but with you, I imagine the same thing. Denver or anybody that I've talked to when they get to Denver, uh, very, most of them leave kicking and screaming. Nobody really leaves because... <laughs> They don't like it. There's nothing to do there. It's, right. it's, it's it's a great lifestyle city, and the fact that it's a hub city, uh, it allows for great opportunity for careers as well. And so you've been able to create right. uh, both family, but also a nice career in your seven years there.
1: Absolutely. It's it's a it's definitely a growing city in terms of the job market, and a lot of people are moving here. A lot of companies are moving here. It's a beautiful place to be. It's generally very sunny, and we have great access to to the Rocky mountains and some of the most beautiful places on earth.
0: Okay. So things are cruising pretty good for you personally. You're a mom, your, your, your family's growing, your career is going very well. You're happy where you are geographically 2020 hits right? and it's just totally unexpected. So I'd love to get your thoughts. If you're open to sharing uh, with us, um, what was that like? Um, you know, the, the the decision to have to uh, terminate some people as a result, and then your decision to take some time for yourself, so that you can get centered and regroup, and, and to be more effective. Because I, I can't imagine that was the easiest of choices.
1: That's right. It, it was not an, an an easy choice, but I knew that it was the choice that needed to happen in order for me to be able to. Go back and be the best self, uh, be the best leader, be the best self that I could possibly be. Um, What it was like uh, was very difficult. Uh, We had come off of an incredible year, uh, me and my my three leaders that that I had helping me run my sales development team. Uh, We had um, a great track record last year in terms of our numbers, in terms of um, the culture that we had built on the team um and everything was just seemed to be going really really well uh we had also just come back from a really phenomenal offsite um that i that i built out with my three leaders uh and that was in in january and then just about a month and a half later um everything just drastically changed and i'll never forget the day that uh i was told that um this was going to be happening in 24 hours uh and uh, and and it was definitely the hardest day of my career, but um, you know I, uh, I I do think that if you can come out of um, the travel industry in particular um, through COVID, it's it's an unbelievable story to tell, um, and that's really what gave gave and still gives my my team um, the purpose to to keep uh, to keep going through this time. Um, but, um, for me personally, um, with what I had to go through and, um, what I went through personally, um, with losing, um, a family member whom I was very, very close to, uh, I was unable to be, um, the, the leader that I, that I normally am. Mm. Um, and, uh, I was actually giving uh, so much to my team that I was actually depleting myself. And, um, and so I decided, uh, you know, now is now is the time for me to take some time off this summer, so that I come back, so that I can come back and um, and be re- completely recharged, refocused, and be able to be better than I ever had before.
0: You know, I, I imagine that um, Inspirato and the, the culture that they um, create and and have allowed you to do that because I'm sure there's more than a few people listening who might want to do that as well. But there's a fear that if I say that, I'm going to show weakness. Are they going to terminate me as a result? Am I not looking like a team leader? And I give you a lot of credit for for realizing that because even even that, it's one thing to talk about it internally, and I'm sure you probably talked about it with your husband. and But to actually convert that into a conversation and create that um, uh, takes a lot. And so so I give you a lot of credit for doing that.
1: I appreciate that. Uh, it's uh, <clears throat> it was it was a it was a very hard decision to make, but um, <clears throat> at the at the same time, it was also a resounding yes for me. I knew that that's what I needed for me personally, and and and, and I know that a lot of others need that that kind of time, especially right now. And uh, it, it's a very difficult time that we're all going through, and um, identifying you know what it is that that you personally need so that you can. Come back and and really be your best self and be be that much more focused um, is is sometimes necessary and, and to your point um, I did have the um, the vast support um, of our executive team to take this to take this time um, so I feel very very fortunate um, to to work for a company that that values mental health just as much as professional well-being.
0: Well, kudos to them for um, for standing by you. And I'm sure others uh, that work there or that are in similar spots and have the same desire and, and same scenario to overcome. Um, Mel, as we wrap up here, um, final question for you. Um, yeah. a- any advice for anybody listening? If you had one piece of advice, it doesn't matter to me if it's a sales piece of advice or a life piece of advice, but maybe something that has stuck with you over the years that has served you well, that if you were to pay it forward, anything come to mind?
1: It's a great question. Uh, there and, are- and don't give
0: th- me 50, because you probably have 50, I know.
1: <laughs> I would say, Think less about your title and more about your experiences and have a wide range of experiences, learn different competencies along the way that will set you up for success to eventually climb the ladder and get to your ultimate aspiration.
0: Yeah, I I love that. I mean, I'll say it all the time. Titles mean nothing to me. We're all in the same boat. We're all responsible for the same stuff. And so uh, Mel, I really appreciate you being so transparent uh, and allocating the time uh, to speak to us today. Uh, Thanks so much for sharing your story.
1: It was a true pleasure, Paul. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. All right, everybody, let's wrap this one up here. Remember, your intention matters because that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll do it again next week. Be safe, everybody.